Let's catch up on some MLB draft news. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer for Sports Illustrated, and thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And we got to start off with some big news uh, broken by ESPN about prep pitcher Brandon Barrera. You may remember him. We had him going at 19 to the Oakland Athletics in last Tuesday's mock draft. You can go out and find that. Uh, me and Jeff Ellis of Locked On Guardians went through the entire first round and the competitive balance round and the compensation picks. Uh, so go out go find that in your podcast feeds. But Brandon Barrera... Shut it down. So this is something that we've seen a lot of of college players start to do in the world of the college football playoff is skip their bowl game and prepare uh, prepare for the MLB draft. But um, April twelfth, which was about you know um, about a week after. Dylan Lesko. Um, the number one prep pitching prospect after he had to have Tommy John, after he, you know, and announced he was having TJ, Brandon Barrera said he was uh, shutting it down. He was going to make two more starts and then he was going to be done. So he was skipping one regular season start and all of the postseason, which could have been up to five additional starts. Uh, And this is something, like I said, we've seen college running backs do this. Uh, We've seen, you know, quarterbacks, things like that. We've never seen a prep pitcher do something like this. And they asked him some questions about it. And he said, you know, I'm doing what's best for myself. You see all the Tommy Johns this year, even for college guys, and they were so close. You have to ask yourself if it's worth it. And this to me feels like this is potentially like how he does determines whether you're going to see more and more of this. Because this is something where pitchers are throwing harder at younger ages. They're throwing nearly year-round. They're not out there playing three and four sports. They're specializing on baseball from an earlier age. I mean, he sat, he was throwing in the low 90s as a freshman in high school. And he's been playing pretty much year-round now for three or four years. And so... He's saying, I'm going to avoid the high-stress innings that, at this point, are not going to move me up or down the board in any specific way. In essence, he's saying, the end of this season, for my high school, doesn't really matter compared to what I'm about to be able to do. He's He's not completely just sitting on the couch and being lazy. He is doing team activities still, he's throwing bullpens, he's working with his pitching coach, he's just not competing in games. So you're still getting track man information, you're still, like, he's still keeping himself in shape, he's still getting, working on pitches and getting better, it's just something where he doesn't see, it's like, this is all a risk-reward calculation, right? You're, he he's weighing the risk of continuing to throw, potentially get overused, 
and suffer some sort of catastrophic injury like a Tommy John uh, that would knock him down in value. And I, I don't just say that like as a projection. On average, a first-round pitcher having a Tommy John, like a mid-first-round pick, having surgery for the draft, it goes from like $5 million to around $3 million. So it's it's a $2 million operation as far as what, how your bonus changes when that happens. And I think for pitchers, especially prep pitchers, the signing bonus is really important because the failure rate, the bust rate on prep pitchers is so incredibly high that there's a very good chance that's the only time you're going to get paid in your professional career. Because you remember, we talked about this on this show before, you've got seven years in the minors of cost-controlled salaries. And then once you finally make MLB, you've got three years of league minimum salaries. And the MLB salaries, even the league minimums, are hundreds of thousands of dollars. But the minor league baseball (coughs) minimum salaries are tens of thousands of dollars for an entire year. Uh, There are a couple teams out there who still have not paid their players because their players are in extended spring training. Um, And so it's, there's a good chance that you, that that's the only paycheck you're going to get. So when you go back and you look, and it's something where baseball people are split on this, right? So when you talk to general managers and you position this as, hey, if it was your son, what would you do? They agree that like, yeah, the right thing to do is probably shut it down, skip the end of the high school season because the postseason is where you get the overuse. It's where they ask you to come back. You know, you, you threw 75 or 80 pitches on Friday. They ask you to come back on Sunday and throw again because they're trying to win a game, win a series, win a championship, whatever. But then... Those same general managers are going to be like, yeah, but we're not going to be the ones to suggest to you to sit out. Somebody has to be the first one. Brandon Barrera is the first one. Um, There are some scouts who, and this is not really surprising because this is how grown adults act anytime a kid in a sport uh, tries to, you know, take control over themselves in the process. They're like, well, he doesn't want to compete or is he injured and he's not telling us or, you know, he's, he's a narcissistic player and it's just, that's stupid. Who cares? That's dumb. Um, I mean, you've seen his, his scouting report has barely changed in a year. He is known to scouts. He is known to um, professional scouts. He is known to amateur scouts. He is known to MLB teams. He is a known quantity. Um. The only real time I can think about something like this is in 2017, Hunter Green, now pitching for the Reds, the, in the late April, they told folks that he wasn't going to make any more starts. He kept playing short. He was still playing in games. He just wasn't pitching. Um, signed to, he was drafted second overall by Cincinnati, signed for the largest bonus in the draft, over $7 million. Uh, still had to have Tommy John in 2019 anyway, didn't play in 2020, got back in the minors in 2021, debuted this year. And so it's something where he mitigated 
Like he he avoided injury at the end of the high school season to get the best possible draft outcome, number two overall pick, largest bonus in the draft. Then when he did get hurt, um, he was able to do it in professional baseball with like the absolute best possible medical staff around him, um, rehab folks, and all of that. And so far, it's worked. But it's, there's, there's just so many ways that a player can fail, especially a prep pitcher, that a lot of teams just say, like, we're not going to take a prep pitcher in the top 10 picks. That's just not a thing we're going to do. It's such a risky profile that very few teams will do it. Obviously, Cincinnati did it. So far, it seems to have worked out for them. But a lot of teams just do not want to take a prep pitcher in the top 10 picks because it's so risky. And there's, it's very easy to go out and to pick individual players and say, oh, it worked out here, it worked out there. A Zach Wheeler, a Max Freed, a Madison Bumgarner. It's very easy to pick out some of those players and say that, that you, can, you can take a prep pitcher and you can do that. But there's also... Throw some names at you from the ESPN article. Kobe Allard, Riley Pint, Casey Kelly, Jacob Turner, Cole Stewart, Tyler Kolek. Remember those guys? They were top 10. They were, they were really high picks as prep pitchers. And I think Allard's maybe the only one who even made it into an MLB game. Because riskiest possible profile is a prep pitcher. So I'm okay with this decision personally. Um, it remains to be seen how teams are going to feel about a guy completely shutting down all competitive baseball activities in late April, early May to prepare for the draft. Like I said, it's become the norm in football now. We're used to this. I'm curious what it's going to look like going forward for baseball, and we'll see based on what happens to Brandon Barrera. And in just a minute, I want to get into the... In- the MLB Draft Combine, which started on Tuesday, and how and what this can do for a prospect who is trying to continue to build their draft stock. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Blue Nile. Uh, whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, you can find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity as well as a setting style, and then Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring. I mean, like a -a one-of-a-kind piece. Or, if you're looking for, like, fine jewelry already made, but you're having trouble choosing, they have jewelry experts on hand 24-7 available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. So make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com, and Locked On MLB listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement rings. So use code locked on. That's code locked on. Plus, every order is insured. It ships free and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. You can shop stress free and find your forever peace. Go to bluenile.com today. So, starting on Tuesday was the MLB draft combine. It's Tuesday, it's, it's the 14th through the 20th. It's taking place at Petco Park in San Diego. Um, Second year that they've done this, and it's scheduled to be exactly one month before the draft. So the draft is July 17th through 19th. So they wanted to get this in a month early. But the way that this works, um, 
Kind of a reminder, last year was the first time we had this, but there's like 250 players um, invited to this. Uh, like two-thirds of the top 30 players are coming, um, and like 140 of the top 200 are coming. But So it's, it's 137 collegiate players, 118 high school players, and you look at... Um, if you were listening to the mock draft on uh, last week on Tuesday, and you go through some of the names of college players who are coming, Brooks Lee, shortstop for Cal Poly, top 10 pick probably. Georgia Tech catcher Gavin Parada. Uh, LSU third baseman Jacob Berry. Virginia Tech outfielder Gavin Cross. Catcher Daniel Susek of Arizona. Cam Collier from Chippewa Junior College. Gabriel Hughes, the righty from Gonzaga. I think I gave him to the Angels. Um, like a bunch of high picks. You look at the the high school athletes. Tamar Johnson, um, the second baseman. Outfielder Justin Crawford. Brandon Barrera is going to this. Robbie Snelling, the pitcher out of IMG Academy. Jackson Ferris, the lefty. Uh, Cole Young, the shortstop out of Pennsylvania. So the way that this works is the schedule for this um, is one you're going to have you're going to have um, the the prep players are going to play in like a little like games they're going to play games red versus gray navy versus blue on the fifteenth on the sixteenth everybody's going to go through strength and conditioning assessments um, then that afternoon they'll have more games you'll do more strength and conditioning assessments uh, you'll meet with teams. And then you'll do on-field workouts, like individual drills and workouts. And part of this is you meet with teams. Part of this is you meet with medical staff. So the big, big takeaway from this is, one, you, you interview, interact with MLB general managers, with scouting directors, with amateur scouts. There's a lot of, like, ex-big leaguers who are there, as well as professionals to help with, like, Media training, personal branding training, things like that. Um, which, by the way, if you want to watch some of this, so um, beginning on Thursday at noon Eastern, there's, I think there is a couple hours of live coverage on MLB Network. And then on the 17th, beginning at noon Eastern, there's like six, six and a half hours as well. And if you are local to San Diego, you can go on the 17th. For free, you just have to go online and claim tickets at padres.com slash combine. But um, but the big takeaway here, just kind of a reminder of this new rule they have in place, we're calling it the Kumar Rocker rule. So if you go to the combine, if you're invited and you accept and you go to the combine, you go through full medical testing. So there's doctors there who have been signed off on and certified by MLB and all the teams. At the end of this whole thing, you get a personalized report, like a personalized scouting report, your strengths, your weaknesses, things like that. And then you and the team get a copy of medical reports, physicals, MRIs, any like blood tests, height, weight, like all that stuff you could think of. And because you did this, now if an MLB team drafts you in the top 10 rounds, so the rounds that are slotted, they are required to offer you a deal worth at least 75% of slot value. 
Um, and then if you were outside the, those top, those first 10 rounds, I think they're required to offer you a $50,000 deal. I need to confirm that. But anyway, if they don't do that, then you not only become a free agent. So that's different because it used to be what you can go, now you can go to college. Or if you're already in college, you can go back to college. Or you can pull a Kumar Rocker and just go independent. Uh, but no, if they don't do that, you become a free agent. And they don't receive any sort of compensation for having not signed you. So Judd Fabian, didn't second round by the Red Sox last year. They ignored his bonus demands. They didn't sign him. They got a comp pick this year. Um, Kumar Rocker, they didn't like... Um, what his elbow looked like in the medicals, they refused to tender him a contract at all. They got a comp pick in the first round this year. They have two first rounders this year. Starting in the 2022 draft, if a guy came to the combine, fully participated, and you have medicals on him, you can't do that. You have to offer him 75% of slot value um, if in the top 10 rounds or a minimum $50,000 signing bonus if rounds 11 through 20. If you don't tender that to them, they're free agent. You don't get any sort of compensation for them not having signed. So, something where if you're a guy who either there's questions about background or something can differentiate you from the other guys in your group. I'm thinking about a guy, uh, Henry Davis last year. Henry Davis was the number one pick because the Pirates fell in love with his makeup and his character. Um, well, he went to the Combine, and he met with the amateur scouts. He met with everybody. That's probably... I, mean, I guarantee you they'd already talked to him. I mean, they knew they are picking that high. They knew he was going to be there. But I, but I guarantee you, that probably helped. They probably got a new perspective. They probably got somebody in front of him that hadn't talked to him before. They had a, like a leader there to, uh, to discuss it, to talk about it. And so that's probably why he ended up going number one overall. So it helped him. So this is something that, that can help you if you're a prospect, especially if there's a question about you, whether it's a medical question, whether it's a, some sort of talent question that you can answer through a drill or it's a character off the field question, not necessarily something bad, but even just they don't know enough about you. This is a scenario, this is a place you can go meet with them, discuss these things, and hopefully at the end of it, you're both happy and maybe you can improve your draft stock. So I think it's great. Go to check it out this week on MLB Network on the 16th and 17th, starting at noon Eastern both days. And again, if you're in San Diego, you can go to this in person. Padres.com slash combine. You reserve tickets. The tickets are free. You just have to reserve them. You can go on the 17th and watch this in person. And in just a minute, I want to get into uh, some of the expected movement we're going to see on draft day because guys always fall on draft day. But first, today's episode's uh, brought to you by our next partner, Athletic Greens, they have a product I use literally every single day. I started taking AG1 because I was tired of um, having poor gut health. I wanted a better way to get all of the vitamins and minerals and everything that I needed 
without having to eat a special diet and take all of these uh, supplements and things like that. So one scoop of AG1, you're getting 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, and probiotics. Wake up first thing in the morning, one scoop in cold water, shake it up, you drink it, I'm done. I've got everything I need for the entire day. I've got travel packs. When I'm on a trip, you take that, you just, same thing, tear it open, put it in some water. It works with whatever type of dietary lifestyle you have. Keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, all of that stuff. Um, it's, it's cheaper than buying all of those supplements by itself, and it's an all-in-one thing. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. There's no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and buy free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash MLB network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash MLB network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. You can get all the latest sports developments, news and odds, including um, the last little bit of the NBA Finals. You can get the uh, the Hockey Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, everything from Cy Young and Rookie of the Year props to individual games. You can get uh, fighting news, MMA, UFC, boxing, all of that. BetOnline is your continued source for all the sports wagering information you might need. Live betting, esports, and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action because BetOnline is where the game starts. Okay, so one of the more unique phenomenons on draft day is guys falling down the draft. Happens all the time, and when you talk about guys falling, you really have to look at, one, guys that are falling pre-draft, and then guys that fall on draft day. So guys that are falling pre-draft, individual guys are going to have individual issues, but it's more so like an entire group. So one of the things that you've seen, and we've talked about it on the show before, one of the things that you've seen fall this draft season is you've seen college pitchers fall down the boards. Now, part of that obviously is um, injury. So, I mean, you've had so many guys with um, with Tommy John. You've had, I mean, whether it's whether it's a Connor Prelip, um, a Landon Sims, just tons of guys have kind of been hurt, and this has changed. Over time. So typically, the distribution of picks in the draft, um, college hitters are typically the largest group of players picked, about one in every three picks in the draft. This is from 2012 to now, uh, is a college hitter. So 33%. Right after that, at 27%, is a high school hitter. So that is about 60% of your draft is hitters. If you think about the distribution of talent on a 25-man roster where you'll have 12 or 13 pitchers with, the, with 12, 11 or 12 hitters, then think about how much more pitchers don't pan out than hitters. You see kind of where this is going. 
24% uh, are college pitchers, and then 17% are high school pitchers. This is, you know, kind of like a first round projection there. Uh, College pitchers used to be the most popular in the 80s and the 90s. That was the number one demographic, and they fall into third. And it's something where you're going to see it look like surprisingly bad this year. Kind of going back and looking in every draft since 1979, a college pitcher has been taken in the top 10 picks. And the latest it's taken to get a college pitcher in the top 10 has been picked number seven, which was 2019, which that was a year that we talked about. This The class was viewed as like historically empty of high-end college pitching. This year is going to give it a, like, I, we're going to break that streak this year. You're not going to have a college pitcher taken in the top 10, I don't think. Um, some of the guys that might have, like a Carson Wisenhunt, was suspended for um, failing a drug test, didn't pitch. Landon Sims, Tommy John, out for the year. Uh, even guys who have been healthy, Blake Tidwell, season started late because he had a shoulder soreness, only threw like 25 it, it, innings in the regular season. And so you went from 80s and 90s and even some in the 2000s, college pitchers were the most common demographic chosen to falling in the third. I think part of that is money. So introducing the slot value and establishing bonus pools, which means you have a hard cap on what you can spend, has kind of changed the way that the draft is conducted by teams now. It's not like the NFL where for the most part, the number one pick is the num- is like the most talented guy in the draft because so much of it is based around money. Um, it is virtually impossible to sign a prep player unless you go over slot value. So in the first two rounds since 2012, 200 and... 200- 